Hi, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by Bank ESB. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. We have a great show for you today. Before we get to it, though, uh, let's have a message from this month's sponsor, Bank ESB. Bank ESB is here for local business. As a local bank, we provide everything you need to thrive around here, including personalized guidance and business products like free checking and cash management services. Unlock your potential and learn more at bankesb.com business. Member FDIC DIF. Okay, and we are back on Business Talk. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. Uh, we have with us as our guest today a man who certainly needs no introduction in this region. He is Delcy Bean. He is the CEO of Paragus Strategic IT in Hadley. How are you, Delcy? I'm doing very well, George. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, Delcy's with us today. Delcy was uh, just the presenter at uh, a webinar Uh, The subject was uh, automation. I believe the title was Automation, The Time Is Now. That was uh, sponsored by Comcast Business, uh, presented by Business West. But, Delcy, you were the presenter for that. And uh, we're going to kind of uh, use that as kind of a a background for what we want to talk about today, automation and uh, how business owners in this region can use it to uh, save time, money, and uh, especially in these times of uh, shortage of labor, they can help with that problem as well. So um, let's start with just that that word automation. When a lot of people hear that, they think of robots welding cars. Uh, they, they think of uh, manufacturing room floors. But automation means so much more than that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that word has evolved and what it's come to mean these days? Yeah, it's a great question. And thanks for having me today, George. I think When we talk about automation, we're really talking about just the act of taking work that is manual and using technology to complete that work. So certainly um, the tasks that you referenced, you know, automating machine shops and manufacturing facilities, that work has happened and there's still a lot more of that work that can happen. And manufacturers and uh, operators are looking at those opportunities now. But where it also applies is using AI to process discovery on a legal trial for a law firm or a small business using some combination of automation and AI to automate their accounts payable and accounts receivable processes. It's really just about taking manual work and leveraging technology to reduce or eliminate it. What is the technology that that we can use these days? When you say technology, I assume you're meaning software. Yeah. And I mean, most cases it's software. I mean, obviously in a machine shop, it could be a robot. Uh, but in a lot of cases, we are talking about software and there's a ton of it out there. The particular platform that we spoke a lot about during the presentation yesterday is the Microsoft 365 ecosystem. And within that ecosystem, there's a couple of products. Uh, they have their Power Automate product and their Power Apps product, as well as their business intelligence product, which is called Power BI. Those three products alone allow a lot of small businesses that are already using the 365 platform, which many, many businesses are, to be able to automate simple tasks in their business, but in a way that actually saves real time. 
By the way, that webinar can be viewed at uh, businesswest.com, probably the Paragus website as well, and probably on some other places as well soon. But um, so what should business owners be thinking about as they go about uh, addressing that question? What can I automate here? Uh, What can we automate here? Where, where, Where should they start? Where should they finish? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to start by looking for the tasks in the business that are being done manually that are relatively simple tasks. We think about either scanning in documents, um, reviewing documents, marking things for approval. So for example, if you think about your accounts receivable process, think about where the invoice comes from, who it goes to, who reviews it, how it gets into your electronic payment system, how a payment is issued. If you really start to think about these mechanics, and most of them aren't the mechanics of delivering products or services to your customers, although those are very important as well, but a lot of the opportunity just exists in kind of the back-end administration involved with running a business. Another good example is think about onboarding an employee and the forms you have to collect, the folders that have to be created, the email addresses that have to be created, the permissions that have to be set, the applications that have to be installed. In a typical new employee onboarding, there may be 5, 10, 15 hours of work involved with getting that employee set up to be able to do their job, a significant percent of which can probably be automated. And these are companies of all sizes that should be looking at this, companies in any particular sectors that are prime targets? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly all sectors. I think especially because we're talking about back office, it isn't even just kind of the industry you're in. It's just kind of the cost of doing business, so to speak. In terms of size, we spoke to this a little bit in the webinar yesterday. The big companies are doing this. They're investing millions of dollars in very sophisticated software to get this work done. The reason that's relevant and important to know is the smaller businesses not only should do this because it could help them be more efficient, more effective, and manage labor better, but they're going to be at a competitive disadvantage now as these bigger companies are able to do the same work with less effort using more automation. It's going to make it easier for them to compete on a price or service delivery standpoint that you're not going to be able to meet if you're not keeping up. And you're starting to see this happening. Uh, I know you've been spending a lot of time getting this message out to business owners in various ways. Um, is that message being heeded? I think we're still in their very early stages. I think for a lot of businesses, this is something that's new. And the technology itself has been around for a little while. It's gotten cheaper, faster, easier in the last few years. But I think what's happening right now is historically, businesses probably knew that they had manual processes, things they could do faster, but they also had people doing them. And they were like, if I've already got somebody doing it, they're happy, I'm happy, I don't have to change anything, why why fix what isn't broken, so to speak? However, now with the labor shortage, the market pressure, everything going on, I think businesses have a new incentive to spend time and energy on this that maybe they weren't as motivated to do before. We'll talk some more about that in a second. Are you listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local? I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We're talking with Delcy Bean. He's the CEO of Paragus Strategic IT, and we're talking about automation. Uh, you, you brought up a point that I was just going to bring up. Uh, many times, uh, what I've been talking to manufacturers, especially, uh, automation came about uh, pretty much out of necessity. I remember talking to one company. Uh, they had... Uh, a woman who was uh, working a particular machine, a particular process. She'd done it for 30 years. Uh, she retired. Uh, they had a lot of trouble finding someone who could do that. And uh, 
they wound up automating it. And they, they took a look and said, wait a minute, uh, we could probably look at some other processes here and automate those as well. Is that what you see happen out there? This almost happening, not by accident, but out of necessity. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think, it, unfortunately, in business, it is necessity that often drives change. And I think it's a combination of people leaving and not, maybe you could find someone to fill the role, but not needing to put that labor somewhere else or maybe not having a hard, a easy enough time finding that labor and needing to automate for that reason. The other reason is it might be forced to do it because, as I mentioned earlier, getting competitive pressure that if you don't do it, you won't be able to compete from a price or a de- delivery standpoint. And I think the other factor that's definitely kind of playing into the demand right now is employer employee satisfaction. It's hard enough to find that labor. Then you want to retain it. You want that to be labor that is happy, enjoying their jobs, getting job satisfaction. I think more and more of these manual, mundane, repetitive tasks that really nobody enjoys doing are going to be harder and harder to find people to do when other companies are offering jobs that are more creative or engaging uh, by contrast. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned resistance, uh, not if it's even if that's maybe too strong a word, but just uh, automation years ago had a negative connotation to it. It meant taking jobs from people. And a lot of people in manufacturing were resistant to it for that very reason. Uh, maybe they still are, but like you said, I don't think they have much of a choice anymore. Uh, this labor shortage, uh, you know, this is a time that people have been looking forward to for months now, uh, people thinking that the problem might ease up a little bit. But a lot of people I've talked to have said that uh, this problem is going to be with uh, this region for a long time, uh, and especially in the hospitality and tourism sectors, but in a number of other sectors as well. So uh, like you mentioned, they, they may not have a choice moving forward. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that if you don't, and somebody else does, it's going to create a real challenge. And so if you're the law firm that is still doing discovery manually, and you're charging your client $150, $180 an hour for an associate to go through 30,000 emails that were part of a, a discovery in a trial, versus a law firm that can take an AI robot, point it at those 30,000 emails, have the work done in two hours at a higher effectiveness rate, and not have the human capital cost, that law firm, the second one, is going to be able to sell that service at a better rate to the company. And it's going to start to create a competitive disadvantage for the one that isn't using that automation or that intelligence. Are there other sectors, parts of the country? It's often said that the Northeast uh, doesn't make trends or create trends. It follows trends. Uh, Are we seeing that with this as well? or? Yeah, I think what we're seeing is the innovation's happening in one of two places. I don't know that it's so regional as much as it's about size. It's happening at the startup space, either out of necessity or because they don't have the bad habits or it's easier to start when you are starting from scratch. And then it's happening at the top level. The companies who are large enough that even a small advancement is going to have such a significant ROI that they have entire departments and teams focused on this work. So where I'm seeing kind of the the group getting left out, so to speak, or maybe just lagging behind, is the middle. It's the small and medium-sized businesses. They're not startups. They've been around for 10, 15, 20, 30, maybe 50 years, maybe more. And they're not quite enterprise. They're not 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. These aren't your Fortune 500 companies. 
that middle space seems to be the most stagnant and they seem the, to be the ones so set in how they have been operating for so long, kind of what got them to where they are today and maybe a little more hesitant, but also overwhelmed with everything else going on to right. be able to divert the time and resources to be able to tackle one more thing. Is it generational as well or is it... I think there's definitely aspects of that. You know, we see family businesses where one generation takes over the next generation. And it's certainly stereotypically speaking, that next incoming generation is usually more um, technology minded and looks at technology as more of a enablement for the business. Um, But we, that's, you know, a gross uh, stereotype. We certainly have seen exceptions to the rule. Okay. You're listening to business talk, a podcast presented by business West in partnership with living local Sponsored this month by Bank ESB. We're talking to Delcy Bean, President and CEO of, or just CEO of Paragus Strategic IT, and we're talking about automation. So I guess the question uh, in the few minutes we have left is uh, how to get started and, and get the ball rolling here. Once you yeah, make so that it, determination and you've gotten over those humps that we discussed. So we see people starting from a couple of spots. Uh, some organizations don't know where to start. And so we actually are offering, and we're probably not the only ones, but we're the only ones that I'm aware of who are offering an assessment to come in and just help a business establish where might there be opportunity. So we call it a workflow optimization assessment. And we come in and we really study the business and we help to map out where there might be some opportunities. If a business really doesn't know where to start, that's a great starting point. If a business has figured out, okay, here is the thing or the things that we know we would have a high ROI on automating. Then it's about just establishing what's the next step you're going to take. If you've got somebody internally who you really think is up to the challenge, you could put them up to the challenge and have them start exploring the options available. Or you can reach out to a technology partner to say, here's the workflow we want to automate. We'll help a partner with us on doing so. And what we're seeing the most common kind of reaction to this be is the business will partner with a firm like ours to do the first two or three of these. But in doing so, they'll bring somebody from their team along to help learn the technology so that they can become a little bit more self-sufficient and learn some of this skill set in-house so that they can automate their smaller projects on their own. I think you mentioned uh, ROI earlier. Uh, if not, I want to bring it up now. How large is the investment in many cases and what can their return be? Uh, what, what can businesses expect I know probably there are startup costs that it might take a little while to realize some return on that investment, but what should they be looking at? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge spectrum. So for a client that's on 365, who already has a licensing that includes a lot of these automation tools, which many of the licenses do, your monthly cost could be nothing. And your startup cost could be as little as a couple of thousand dollars. And we have seen ROIs where... We had one a few weeks ago. A client paid us $700 for about six hours of labor. And in doing so, they were able to save $60,000 a year. So that's obviously kind of the extreme, you know, amazing ROI case. But many times you are talking about multiples in the 10x in terms of a one to two year uh, run rate. There are certainly ones where you are investing in software you don't own or you're getting technology you don't have. Or you're buying robotics from a machine shop. Those are going to be much higher investments, but they also tend to have very significant ROI attached to them as well. It's just a higher upfront investment to get that ROI. 
So the whole spectrum is there. And that's why we encourage businesses to, no matter how big you are, where you're at, what industry you're in, this is worth pursuing because there likely is something you can do that might not cost all that much or take that much time that's going to have an impact. And again, you're starting to see companies getting that message. Uh, yeah, so we launched... Ahead. We launched a division of our company earlier this year just to focus on this uh, kind of innovation. So just productivity and intelligence. That division already has a backlog of several weeks and we're hiring more people and expanding our capacity because the demand has really started to realize in the last six months. Well, great. Well, good luck with that division and good luck in general. Uh, Sounds like a really intriguing venture for you and a, a great concept for business owners to look at uh, if they haven't looked at it yet. So, well, thank you for joining us today, Delcy, as informative as always. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is obviously a topic that we're very passionate about, and I'm always excited to talk to somebody about it. All right. We'll have you back on soon to maybe talk about it again. Sounds good. Thanks okay. so much. Okay. Thank you again. Thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been Business Talk a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local, sponsored this month by Bank ESB. We'll see you next time. 